The city of Cape Town may not carry out any more evictions and demolitions during the lockdown period. Let's find out what the details of this judgment are. Cheryl Duss is Legal Resources Centre's Regional Director of the Cape Town office. Cheryl, good afternoon and thank you so much for your time on Afternoon Drive today. So what exactly does this court ruling prevent the city of Cape Town from doing until the lockdown is over? Thanks, Joanne. Um I think let me start on saying about what the judgment does not do. All right. Um, number one, it doesn't strip away the property rights of landowners. Um, secondly, it doesn't prevent a landowner from seeking an eviction order or demolishing a structure illegally erected on their property. And the third thing is that it doesn't condone illegal land occupations. So any narrative that propagates um, that this case has set a dangerous precedent and encourages illegal land occupation is simply untrue and is designed really to instill fear and panic. But this case is a precedent-setting case. Um, the judgment in itself is a progressive judgment. Um, I would say it's a landmark judgment. Even though this is interim relief, um, what it means is the city of Cape Town must obtain an eviction order in compliance with the disaster management regulations under Level 2, and that they cannot summarily demolish or evict persons without judicial oversight. So, so um, Cheryl, so uh, before yes. you go any further, let me just see if I understand that correctly. In other words, the city of Cape Town will first have to go to court to, to gain permission to do that, should it want to, in particular cases. That's right. All right. And And... So, so is the disaster management regulations under Level 2, as it's currently framed, that, um, that form of judicial oversight? Will it be regulations under Level 3 and above in that it actually stipulates what factors the courts must consider before granting an eviction order um, during the national state of disaster? Okay. Um, entrenches that provisions makes it much more clearer that and courts agreed or the um, the judges in this case agreed that there must be judicial oversight and it cannot the, the city cannot rely on the observations of their land um, invasion units to determine whether a structure is occupied or unoccupied and whether that warrants them getting an eviction order. Right. So so let's talk about a, hypothetic, a hypothetical situation where the city of Cape Town goes to court, the court says, yes, city, you may actually go ahead and demolish these homes. I, I see that there is, is some sort of framework for how those demolitions or evictions must be carried out. Yes. Again, the case, um, you know, the interdicts that we sought um, really underlies the challenges or the, the, the issues, the human rights abuses that were highlighted in Mr. Korani's eviction um, and demolition of his structure. And so we really, the court has said that should a court grant an eviction order, then the officials themselves, the anti-land invasion unit or private contractors or the Metro Police must conduct themselves in a manner that upholds the rights um, and the rights and, and respects the dignity of the evicted persons. And, and the judgment went further than that, um, in that we also asked that when the police are present, um, that they must do their job. And that's just not in the form of their public um, order policing responsibilities, but also that they must actively intervene um, when they themselves see that evicted persons are being assaulted or dragged out of their shacks naked 
or have their property damaged because these are crimes and and their responsibility is to actually police crimes. So, so we've also seen the confiscation of certain property during these demolitions. Are the authorities allowed to take away people's things in the case of a demolition? So the intervening applicants um, in the matter specifically asked the courts um, <clears throat> to make a declaration that they aren't allowed to remove and damage property. Um, and, and, and the courts have, have granted that interim relief as well, that they're not allowed to damage property, destroy property, and, and in, the, in the current case um, has ordered that any property that was removed uh, during the course of the eviction in the village community, that they must be returned and that the, the uh, occupiers must be compensated for the loss of their personal belongings as well. And just a last question, Cheryl, about the issue of, of the city of Cape Town being interdicted from either considering, adjudicating or awarding any bids in response to the call for, for those to demolish illegal structures. So, so essentially, if they have been planning to do that, I presume that every, every part of that tender will now be put on hold. Yes, that's correct. So in, in the actual proceedings, the city con- conceded that the current tender that they have um, only lapses in December, so there's no substantial prejudice in holding off on that adjudication because the bid itself or the tender itself was uh, is questionable and, and we will be reviewing that bid in Part B of the application. And, and one of the issues that we uh, took, uh, you know, took to the courts is the fact that that bid encourages private contractors, actually incentivizes them financially to actually demolish as many structures as possible uh, without any framework in which they, they, they need to operate. So there's no policy or underlying directive that uh, respects and upholds the rights and dignity of those people's uh, property as well as themselves in, in the manner in which demolitions have been taking place. Uh, Cheryl, just a last question here. The, the issue of, of, of an appeal, is there a, a possible appeal on the cards or is the City of Cape Town, to the best of your knowledge, going to respect this court decision? Well, they've publicly said that they will appeal. Um, they've come out very strongly on that publicly in media statements, but we are yet to receive an application for leave to appeal. And obviously we hold instructions to oppose any such appeal. Um, we we also feel that it uh, it is really a, you know a, um, a waste of taxpayers' money to to um, to undertake an appeal of an interim interdict, uh, particularly because Part B of the application is being heard um, on a on a semi urgent basis. It will be heard in, Oct- in October on the fifth and sixth. So by the time any appeals are heard by the Supreme Court of Appeal these issues would have already been ventilated in Part B of the application. So we really feel that this is a wasteful expenditure on the part of the city of Cape Town. If they should appeal or if they will appeal, we will definitely vigorously oppose that application. Thank you for speaking to me this afternoon, Cheryl Dust. She's Legal Resources Centre's Regional Director of the Cape Town Office.